0: amen you may be seated i'll tell you when i walked in here i was freezing cold now i walked up here and i turned on the heat and now i'm hot and so i'll tell you it's it's getting warm in here to me uh adjust it brother jordan how it needs to be and and uh i'll live with it i've got one layer i can take off so we're good to go on that we hear about different animals that carry different diseases. Have you ever heard about that? You see a dog, and, and they say they have foam coming out of its mouth and everything. We used to play that all the time as kids. We would put something in our mouths, Alka-Seltzer or something, and start foaming at the mouth, and, and you get away from it. I'm going to bite you and give you rabies, right? Different animals carry different diseases. West Nile virus is most commonly spread to people, By the bite of an infected mosquito. How many knew that? Had your mosquito information right there on the edge, didn't you? Did you know the mosquitoes get the West Nile virus from birds? Because they're biting the birds. They get infected, and then they bite us, and they infect us, okay? I was just reading some things about some of these animals and stuff. But they can become carriers of that virus. Google said... Bats, and I'm not talking about baseball bats, but bats, the flying bats, are one of the most common reported rabid animal in the United States. Bats are the leading cause of rabies deaths in people in the United States. How many knew that? I would have thought it would have been a dog or a a raccoon bite or a skunk bite or I I don't know, something. I don't know what carries rabies, snakes. You know, snake bites me, I'm going to die. It's a heart attack, but it's going to happen. Here's what else Google said, and I found this interesting. If you find a bat in your home, try to capture it for testing. It could kill me. I'm not going to try to get it. I don't want to test it out. Wow. Thanks, Google. I'll try not to do that one. Anyway... People get sick, and the doctors tell us, I, I've heard doctors say this, well, if you don't have a fever, then you're not, uh, you, you can't spread it anymore. And I'm sure there's some things that you can still spread without having the fever. But we, we think about that, so when we, we lose the fever, we're ready to go shopping, and touching, high-fiving, hugging everybody we can, right? When we still may be carrying something in our body that can be transmitted to someone else, the cold, the flu, something. How many know that... Being a carrier of something is not necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) I've already told you my title, so everybody should have said, amen, pastor, I know exactly where you're going. (laughs) Well, it's not a bad thing to be carriers of the presence of God, amen? We're supposed to be. How many knows that we're supposed to be carriers of the presence of God? How many come to Sunday service and you have the Holy Ghost all over you? and You feel the presence of God. And Monday morning, you run into the worst driver in the world. You run into the worst McDonald worker. You run into the worst whatever it might be, student, teacher, boss, kids. Sometimes it's your own kids. Just send them back to the room. And that presence of God just seems like a mile away or 100 miles away. Wow. We may need to put a sign, you know, just when we first wake up, maybe right there on the ceiling, it says, you're carriers of the presence of God. That way we know when we get out of bed, we're still carriers of the presence of God, even though we're not in his house. Amen? Well, if we're carriers of the presence of God, that means when people get close to us, they will begin to feel the effects of being in your presence. Why? Because we're to be carriers of the presence of God. I remember one time we were in Dallas, Texas, and my dad walked into a pawn shop, and the, the guy behind the uh, desk, he just hollered out, uh, what can I do for you today, preacher? Anybody ever had that happen to you? I've had them call me a lot of names, but usually it's not preachers the first thing. Listen at this, Ephesians 5.1 says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. First John 2 and 6 says, Who who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Talking about Jesus. Ephesians 4.22 says, That you put off concerning your former conduct that the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Ooh there's the H word. Got to watch that one. How many knows you won't see God without holiness. You won't see God without holiness. And these scriptures I just wrote to you, or read to you is talking about the presence of God in our lives. Us converting over, giving ourselves over to Jesus and the presence of God enveloping us and being in us at all times. We're to be carriers of the presence of God. Do you know that when we were kids growing up, we carried the presence of our dad? I'm talking about my siblings. We carried the presence of the man sitting up there. It was actually a fragrance. It was on us, and we couldn't help but carry it. Dad wore Aramis cologne. We were evangelists in a bus That's eight foot wide and 40 foot long. You spray cologne the way he sprays cologne. Everybody's wearing Aramis to church. When he put it on, we all smelled like our father. We lived in a bus and that wasn't a bad thing, but it was not hard to smell like Aramis because the aroma was in the whole. You know, if mom cooked something that had onions, we had the aroma of onions on us. You just didn't get away from it. Didn't have that big house that you could get away from, turn some fans on, get rid of it. It was there. I put this in there, and I know this was just God. Because we lived in the bus, it wasn't a bad thing. It was hard not to smell like Aramis because of the close proximity. I was a Stetson man myself. I just needed the cowboy hat and everything, but... Listen to this. When we stay in the close proximity of our Heavenly Father, we're going to become infiltrated by God's presence. His presence will begin to penetrate and permeate and invade every part of our lives. I want the presence of God to be oozing out of us. <laughs> I know that may not be proper, but that's the way I feel. I, I want somebody when they say, hey, that's some people from TFC." You can feel something when they pray for you. You can feel something when they talk to you. You can feel something just meeting them, being in your presence. I have had this happen to me before where a gentleman just looked at me, and we were playing racquetball, and he stops it after a while, and he goes, you're not who I thought you were. I don't know what he thought I was, who I thought I was, because I wasn't cussing because I was getting beat and everything else. I guess he just, he, said, he told me, you're not who I thought you was, what he was really saying, because then he went to asking me some spiritual questions, He thought I was just a normal guy and everything, and then he realized he was in the presence of someone that was a carrier of the presence of God. There's no mistaking the carriers of the presence of God. Every time we encounter a carrier of the presence of God, we'll feel like we were in the presence of God ourselves. When we follow after or chase after God, He's not going to deny us access to His presence. His presence will go with you if you'll go after God's heart. He will fill you if you'll go after him, if you'll ask him. I love Brother Nick's testimony. He said, I'll take it if you'll give it to me. If we'll give him our burdens, our sins, he'll take them and he'll replace it with his presence. The presence of God was in the prison with Joseph. Did you know that? We all know the story of Joseph and how he was mistreated by his brothers Uh, They talked about killing him. They sold him into slavery. He was purchased by Potiphar on the slave block. Genesis 39 and 4 said, So Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house. Potiphar made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. We all know that. We all know that how Potiphar's wife was caught up in her lust for Joseph and framed him. I was framed. I heard that a lot in my house. Cardin, it's never Cardin's fault. Dad, I was framed. Peyton left that out to get me in trouble. Sometimes it's true. I will say that. <laughs> it is true. So Joseph is framed. He's put in jail. She said, well, he's trying to sleep with me when it was actually the opposite way around. But listen at this. Genesis 39, 20. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Wow. Joseph had the presence of God, but he's still in prison. How about Paul and Silas? You think they had the presence of God with them and they were in prison? That tells me the presence of God has no boundaries. It also tells me it can't be held in a box. It's not going to be held in prison. Hallelujah. It would be a sad sad story about Joseph if it ended right there and and Joseph died in a knife fight in prison. The next verse would have read, he took a shiv to the heart and he didn't make it. That would have been an awful story, right? Brandon's over laughing. That's not how it ended. Genesis 39, 21 said, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. God was still with him. He still had the presence of God on the inside of him, even though he was in prison being mistreated, being lied about. Here he is. It wasn't fair. And here he is in prison, and God's still with him. He's still a carrier of the presence of God. Well, I hope that helps somebody, because I've never been in prison, but I know this much. I go to prison. I'm praying, God, I want the biggest presence of God I can have in me while I'm in that prison. What are we seeing here? or seeing the presence of God going where nothing else can be successful. God's presence was where no one else wanted to be. Joseph didn't want to be there. Paul and Silas didn't want to be there. Joseph was a carrier of the presence of God, and that's why God was with him in the prison. The presence of God was in a fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The presence of God was in the fire when they were, having, when they were being, uh, trying to be consumed. They were trying to kill them off, trying to prove a point that they were the boss. And God said, no, I'm the boss. I'll show you what God's presence does. I'll walk through the fire with you. Hallelujah. The presence of God was in the lion's den with Daniel. Daniel 6 and 21 says, Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Daniel was in the presence of God even when he was in trouble, even when he was in, thrown with lions. I'm going to tell you what. I, we, they had this safari park years ago, and I didn't want to be close to them lions and tigers. At my house at nighttime, you could hear them roar, And I got to thinking to myself, I didn't have any outside lights except on the front of the house. On the side and in the back, I thought, you know what? There could be a lion back here. (laughs) I was afraid. The presence of God was with Daniel in the lion's den. Guess what? The presence of God was with Jonah in the belly of a whale. Jonah 2 and 1 says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. He had that reassurance. He had that feeling. The presence of God was with him. Even when he was being disobedient, when he came back to God, the presence of God was there with him. How many of you have ever been disobedient? You don't have to admit it. I know you are. God was with these men of old. His presence was with them. I want to get back to our text, Acts 3 and 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Did you notice that? Christian men were going to prayer meeting. (laughs) Something else I noticed here, they had a set time for prayer. Well, pastor, I don't have to go to prayer meeting. I can pray in my bed. I can too, but I fall asleep pretty fast praying. I want you to notice that before the presence of God was mentioned, before a miracle took place, before the lame man could walk, Peter and John were on their way to pray. It was a priority in their life. This wasn't something unusual. This was a common practice for the early church, and this is a lesson for the church of today. Prayer is still important. Prayer is still vital. If we really want to move a God, we need to seek his presence in prayer. People all over Greenbrier this morning slept in and didn't seek God's presence. We have a town of 5,000, I think is what the sign says. I don't know if we had 50 in here, 60 people in here today. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, there was 4,950 other people that wasn't here today. How many feels like your mission field is just too small? No. It's large. It's big. We need to be praying, but they slept in. They needed God. They needed the presence of God, but they didn't come to his house. They didn't seek him out. They want the church to pray for them, but they don't want to put forth any effort to see their lives changed. Pray for me, pastor. Pray for me. Don't get me wrong. Your pastor is going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for every need, but you need to be praying and talking to God yourself. Don't be a lazy Christian and say, Well, I'm just going to have the church pray for me because I just don't have the faith or I, I just don't, I'm, I'm too tired. I don't want to pray. Well, that's tough, but it's still the truth. People want the blessings of God, they want God to save their souls from hell, they want fire insurance. They want their bodies healed, their finances healed, their families healed, but they don't even get out of bed to drive to church and give honor to God, give praise to God, give thanks to God for what He's done, seeking His presence. They want God on their own terms. I want to tell you tonight, you don't come to God on your terms. You come to God on His terms. Amen? Amen. Well, Peter and John, they spent time in prayer this wasn't a special occasion. This wasn't. This was the norm for these men. It was prayer time, and they were in the house of God praying. Bible history records that the saints were given to much uh, much time in prayer. I, I was reading in the Word uh, this week and the scene where Jesus was having an all night prayer meeting. How many knows that's in your Bible? It's it's real. It's in your Bible. Just to let you know. Prayer precedes every miracle. Prayer precedes every miracle, every move of God, every deliverance, every demonstration of the power of God. There must be appointed times of prayer. How many have relationships with people that you never spend any time with? There's a few people like that. But if you're going to be close to him, you have to spend time with him. Is that correct? We need to be spending more and more time with God. We need to be so in love with God that we want to carry his presence everywhere we go. There should never be a question if we're a Christian or not. I heard somebody say, uh, that somebody asked him, said, are you a Christian? Uh, Does your school know you're a Christian? He says, no, I've been all this time. Nobody's even asked me if I'm a Christian. Well, you should have been telling them you were a Christian. Amen? We should be so full of God that everyone can feel his presence when we walk into the room. I was feeling pretty good about myself a couple of days ago. I was out on the baseball field in a, in a little third baseman. A boy from the other team, he said, uh, are you a pastor? I thought, the presence of God has revealed this to him. Thou art Peter. Has God <laughs> no. I was just like, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool." God, you know, he felt God in me, and and uh, so I I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I said, "How'd you know I was a pastor?" He said, "I seen you out changing a church sign, the letters on the church sign, so I assumed you was the pastor." Now, it just blew my bubble. I just like my pride got shot down real quick. The presence of God is expected to be manifest in us and through us. How many know that? God wants his demonstration of his spirit to be in our lives and be manifest through us and in us. As Peter and John encountered this man, he asked them for money, and he expected something from them. That's why he was asking for money, but he was expecting it from them. Two things happened as the lame man looked at Peter and John. First, he gave them his attention. We've seen that in the Word of God. He looked upon them. He give him his attention. This tells us that the presence of God sets us apart from the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we're carriers of the presence of God, we stand out. Shelly, would you come back? We are different, and the world can't help but notice. Hallelujah. Number two, the lame man expected something from them. This tells us that when we carry the presence of God in our lives, it creates an anticipation that something good is going to come from us. How many ever comes up in a prayer line and expects not to be healed? How many calls up the pastor or, or a prayer line or a prayer warrior and, and I just want to tell you what's going on? And then I was like, okay, we'll pray for you. I've had this happen. I said, well, you know, the, the doctor's going to take care of it. Why are you calling me to pray for you? They had no expectation that God was going to heal them. They had no expectation that God was going to do something in their lives. It's just the thing Christian did. Well, we're we well, asked for prayer. We should anticipate God using us when we're carriers of the presence of God. Because Peter and John were carriers of the presence of God, they knew they had something that this man needed. They wasn't rich with money, but they were rich in God. They said, we can't help you with our finances, with your finances, but what we can help you with is much more valuable than money. And by the way, what we do have, we will give to you. (laughs) This is Drew's version. When I read it, this is how I hear it. When we're carriers of the presence of God, we have something to offer to a sin-sick world. We have something more valuable than money. We have the manifestation of God himself in us. And if you're not manifesting God, you need to check yourself. Do I think you're perfect? No. Am I claiming to be perfect? No. But we need to check ourselves. When we're not acting like God, we need to check ourselves. Peter and John said, what we have, we're going to freely give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't say the name of Jesus without it bringing a tear to my eye because he means so much to me. And I feel the power just saying the name of Jesus. We sing a song, say the name, the name of Jesus. We have a new song we're singing, and it's speak the name of Jesus. Something to that effect. I love hearing the name of Jesus. Wow. In the name that's above all others. In the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. In the name that all power has been given. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hmm. Rise up and walk. Rise up. That's powerful words. That's a boldness of the Holy Spirit coming in. When we can speak words like that, I have something you need, and I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to do exactly what you need done. I want that kind of power. I want that kind of presence in my life. Then when I'm walking along, I see somebody sick. I said, listen, I can help you out if you, want, if you want help right now. They may look at me funny, like, give me some money, give me some alms. Give me... No, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you something you really need. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Wow. When we're carriers of God's presence, we'll speak with boldness about Jesus. We'll decree some things. A few weeks ago I preached on that. We'll speak some things into this atmosphere when we have the boldness of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We'll have signs and wonders following us. We'll cast out demons. We'll dominate the earth. We'll speak with authority to the winds and the waves of life. We'll bind things here on earth and we'll loose things in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me? We need to be carriers of the presence of God. Not a part-time carrier. Full-time. Brother Bonancio, at our jobs, I know they know you're Christian. That's the way we should be. Grandma, them grandkids got to know you're a Christian. You're a carrier of the presence of God. Each and every one of us have an assignment. We can't do that assignment without the presence of God. We have to have Him. We have to have Him working in our lives. Father, would Would you just move on us right now? We've heard your word. I've presented what you give to me tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, right now that it goes deep inside of us, Lord, that it resonates in our spirit, that we understand it's not a part-time salvation. It's not a part-time Jesus. It's not a part-time God. You want to abide in us. You want your presence to be in us. You want us to be carriers of your presence. I'm asking you, Lord, right now as we find a place to pray, Father, that we will come to you, surrender to you, give our hearts to you, and say, Father, whatever you want done in our lives, just do it. We want to walk with you, Father. TFT wants to walk with you tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, to fill us up. Your presence, Lord, will be an overflow in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you find your place to pray tonight?